Saint Ignatius of Loyola, who died back in 1556, once said, he was a man who was very, had a great devotion to the Pope, great loyalty to the Pope. He said, if the Pope were to tell me to go get into a little boat on the high sea with no sail and with no rudder, I would do it, he said. Uh, he taught those that were part of the Society of Jesus, who he began and led, that when you're being obedient to your superior, you're not so much obeying your superior as, as you are obeying Christ, seeing Christ in your superior, especially within the church. You know, it was Jesus who told Peter and the apostles with him, whoever listens to you, listens to me. And so this is how St. Ignatius saw uh, listening to the Pope. It was not so much listening to a man, but it was listening to Christ. I bring this up because today we are celebrating the solemnity of the Holy Family. And this solemnity is very much about how we subject ourselves to one another within the church, within this greater Holy Family. So the, the collect that was toward the beginning of today's Mass talked about how our Lord consecrated family life through his own subjection of himself to his parents, to Mary and to Joseph. And this is a beautiful example for all of us to follow. This is why you see that this is kind of the theme in our readings today. So we had like from Sirach chapter 3, honoring your parents, your mother and your father and the rewards that come with that. In Colossians chapter 3, it was all about bearing with your family in love, even when it's hard and difficult. And then, of course, in Luke chapter 2, we see Mary and Joseph submitting themselves to, to God's law. And so they took and presented the child Jesus to the temple in accordance with the law. Uh, and now you might hear this and, you know, on the solemnity of the Holy Family and, and think to yourself, well, that's great and all, but it might, if, if Mary and Joseph were my parents, my authorities, that would be really easy to submit to them, to subject myself to them. But my family's not quite so perfect, not quite so saintly, a little more challenging, a little more difficult. But, you know, and this is, but even within the Holy Family, it wasn't all just, you know, wonder and bliss. Even in this saintly family, they had their struggles. We see you know, Mary and Joseph, I'm sure it wasn't easy. It was a struggle for them to submit themselves to the state, you know, to haul themselves off to Bethlehem in the middle of winter to register for these taxes. Or, or when your husband wakes you up in the middle of the night, Mary, Mary, I had a dream. We need to go to Egypt. What? We want to go to Egypt? It's the middle of the night. Can't, wait this, can't this wait till tomorrow? You know, this couldn't have, been, couldn't have been easier. Or when, you know, the child Jesus was, you know, wandered around, hanging out at the temple. For three days, his parents didn't know where he was. Imagine what that was like for parents, probably terrifying. So even with the Holy Family, the saintly family, there were trials and difficulties when it, come, when it comes to being together as a family, subjecting themselves uh, to one another. You know, and the, the big question, I think, that comes up, you know, when this subject is brought up of, submitting yourself to somebody else is, you know, what if I have like 
bad parents or, or in the bigger picture of the church? What if we have like bad leaders and things? Do I need to submit myself to them too? Do I need to subject myself to them, to bad teachers or, you know, abusive people or mean people? You know, what does that look like exactly? You know, how do you, how do you respond? What's this teaching of the Holy Family, submitting yourself in this humble way? What does this say when it comes to difficult leaders? You know, the big question that everybody asks, you know, they say, well, I understand obedience is good and everything. But what's the limits to that? When is it okay to disobey? When is it okay to not subject myself to, you know, these sorts of people? So I want to kind of tackle that today because this is a big question that everybody asks, especially a good one when it comes to getting along within family life and also the bigger family of the church. So when is it okay to disobey? What are the limits of this? Thomas Aquinas, great theologian, doctor of the church, brilliant man, one of the most brilliant minds the church has ever had, he taught that there are two times when you can disobey. He said two times. So the first time is you can disobey a lower command when you're trying to obey a higher command. So, for example, normally when you drive, you come to a red light, you stop and you wait for that red light to change. However, if there's a police officer standing there at the intersection and he's waving you through this red light, he is the higher law. In that situation, the red light is the lower law. And so you're disobeying that lower law, that red light, and you're obeying the higher law as the police officer is waving you through. So that's the first incidence when you can disobey, is when you're obeying a higher law and you're disobeying this lower law. The second instance that Thomas Aquinas talks about that you can disobey when you don't have to subject yourself, when you don't have to be obedient, is when an authority figure is asking you to do something that is outside of his scope of authority. For example, if a parent tells a child who, you know, she is going to marry, that would be outside the scope of parental authority because parents only have authority over their minor children. Once a child reaches adulthood, the child the adult now, the uh, child now an adult, is no longer required to submit and to obey parents at that point. So if a father is telling his daughter who she's going to marry as an adult, that's outside of his scope of authority. It would be similar with an employer. So you've come into a contract with an employer, and you have contracted to give him 40 hours of your week. You're required to be obedient within that scope, those 40 hours. But if he's telling you what to do on vacation with your family, and he's, you know, that's kind of outside of his scope, right? So you can be disobedient to an authority figure that's asking you to do something that's outside the scope of that authority. So those are the two times. According to St. Thomas Aquinas, you, can, you don't have to subject yourself. When uh, you're obeying a higher command, you can do that. You can disobey the lower command. Or if an authority figure is asking you to do something that is outside of his scope or outside of her scope. That's the two times. That's the only two times that I know of that you can do that. So uh, I, I bring this up in some ways because, so within our holy family, talk about the church as being the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, 
there is this uh, big question, uh, what if you have some difficulties with something that our Holy Father, the Pope, is doing? Can you reject it? Can you not subject yourself to that? So, and, and it comes, it's a big question, right? Because you're talking about this notion of you can disobey a lower command for a higher command. Uh, and, you know, it's that question of we've got this beautiful gift as Catholics. When we have disagreements and things. We have the Pope, which we understand to be kind of at the highest uh, of visible human authority. So is there some higher command that you can go over and above the Pope, uh, this, this earthly father that we have been given? This is kind of a big question. It's become a more popular question. I see things floating around the internet about this and all, all different sorts of things. So I'd like to take a look at this. Uh, there's a, a quote that's been floating around the internet that is said to be attributed to Pope Innocent III. And uh, this is back from like the 14th century. And the quote says this, It is necessary to obey the Pope in all things as long as he himself does not go against the universal customs of the church. But should he go against the universal customs of the church, he need not be followed. So this is the quote. So uh, it's kind of, the quote is kind of like saying, you need to follow the Pope unless you think that he's an heir and then you don't need to follow him anymore. It's kind of what the, what the quote comes down to. There's a couple difficulties with this. The first difficulty is that nobody has able, been able to verify this being actually said by Pope Innocent III. I've dug around, other people have dug around for it, and so it's most likely that he didn't say that. But uh, the bigger problem is kind of the logical problem in that this whole notion of you can disobey a lower command in order to obey a, a higher command. Uh, so the Pope, because he's backed up by Christ, you know, Jesus told Peter and his successors, he's told him that whatever you bind on earth, I will bind from heaven. Meaning, Peter, I'm going to back you up with my authority. So in order to back, in order to go higher than the Pope, that requires you to go higher than Christ himself, which, which we can't do. Uh, so because the Pope is backed up by Christ. There's other, the other piece, too, is that, like this quote that I read earlier, it's kind of, it says, you should obey the Pope unless you think that he's an heir. And so, basically, if you think that he's an heir, this is like a private opinion, this is a personal opinion, which is kind of a low command versus the Pope's command, which is a higher command. Uh, and, and so, the Pope's command is higher than your lower kind of personal opinion of him. The church teaches that instead of this, that uh, your conscience, kind of your personal opinion, kind of how you, how you are working through these things yourself, is to be, this is what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, your conscience is to be guided by the authoritative teaching of the church, 
meaning that it shouldn't be done separately from the Pope's authority, from the church's authority. The church warns of the mistaken notion of autonomy of conscience, the rejection of the church's authority and her teaching. So that means you can't, and if you're understanding Catholic teaching, use your personal opinion over and above the authoritative teaching of the church. Pope Leo XIII, he wrote back in the 1800s, late 1800s, in a document called Sapentia Christiane. He said, it's up to the Pope alone to decide which doctrines are in harmony and what is in disagreement with them, which things are to be accepted as right and what to be rejected as worthless. Otherwise, there should be no interpreter of the commands of God, nor would there be any safe guide showing man the way he should live. So he's saying that uh, what the church has always taught is that it's up to the Pope to decide if some new development of doctrine is in continuity with past doctrines or if it's not. It's not up to us. It's not up to our private opinion. So our private opinions are down here, and the Pope is at the kind of this higher command backed up by Christ. It's up here. Uh, so you really can't go, you can't reach to a higher command to, in order to disobey the Pope. People say, well, I'm going to go to the, what God himself said, or I'm going to go with natural law. But all those things, you're just kind of seeing those through your own personal opinion, through your own personal lens, uh, which is actually a low command. We can't go higher than the Pope, because that would be basically going higher than Christ. The second uh, misunderstanding, I think, that I see is pretty common when it comes to uh, obedience to the Holy Father, subjecting yourself to the Pope, is this question of scope. What is the Pope's scope of authority? Where does that, you know, where does that end? How far does it go? So, because there are those who are outside the Pope's scope of authority. Lumen Gentium, number 22, this is a dogmatic teaching document of the church, says that the Roman pontiff has full, supreme, and universal power over the church. Pretty expansive scope, right? And he's always free to exercise this power. So his scope is over anybody who's in the church. It's not over those who are not in the church. You know, maybe think of like someone who's not baptized, a Muslim or a Hindu. He doesn't have authority over them. But he has full and universal authority over, over the church. Um, you know, so that's kind of the who, who he has authority over. There's also this question I hear going around today, like, well, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna submit to something unless it's been, unless it's been infallibly defined, unless this is a definitive teaching of the church. Everything else, I don't have to submit to. I don't have to put up with that. You know, I don't, I don't like these documents, things, the things that are in the news and things that the Pope is writing. Uh, I don't have to submit to that because it's not been definitively defined. It's not been infallibly defined. Uh, so this is the question then, Are we only, is the Pope's scope of authority, do we only need to submit ourselves to those things which have been infallibly defined, which are, have been definitively defined? The Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 892, says, Divine assistance is given uh, in a particular way to the Bishop of Rome, talking about the Pope, the pastor of the whole church, when without arriving at an infallible definition 
and without pronouncing in a definitive manner, he proposes in the exercise of the ordinary magisterium, a teaching that leads to better understanding of revelation in matters of faith and morals. So, uh, to this ordinary teaching of the faithful, meaning you and I, the lay people, uh, anybody under him, to this ordinary teaching, the faithful are to adhere to it with religious assent. Meaning you might not like it, you might struggle with it a little bit, uh, but uh, because this is our family, this is what we adhere to with religious assent. We choose, we willingly choose to submit ourselves to it. Uh, Lumen Gentium, number 25, goes on, it kind of repeats this. It says, this religious submission of mind and will must be shown in a special way to the authentic magisterium of the Roman pontiff, even when he's not speaking ex cathedra. That is, it must be shown in such a way that his supreme magisterium is acknowledged with reverence. So even if you have a tough time with a particular teaching or a declaration of the church, uh, it's acknowledged with reverence. The judgments made by him are sincerely adhered to. His mind and will in the matter may be made known either from the character of the documents, from his frequent repetition of the same doctrine, or from his manner of speaking. So this is a, if a consistent teaching of the Holy Father, then uh, we're asked to, as Catholics, even though it might be hard and challenging, to uh, give ourselves, to willingly submit to that as that one who has been given that special uh, charism, that special teaching charism of indefectibility, we call that as Catholics, meaning that's protected by the Lord. Uh, even in, in situations when it's not uh, definitively defined, infallibly defined. So that's kind of the Pope's scope of authority. So this kind of like shows, you know, the, when we talk about these two reasons for obedience, you know, one is if you're obeying a higher command, can't, we, we as Catholics can't really go any higher than the Pope uh, or, or the scope. The scope is pretty expansive for us as, as Catholics, those who have been placed in this family, this holy family. Uh, so even when it comes to non-definitively defined teachings of the church. So if you're struggling, if you're going through any difficulties with any teachings of the Holy Father, uh, this solemnity of the Holy Family can be very encouraging because even this saintly Holy Family had struggles. And we're all, we'll have struggles too within the church. This shows that your family, you know, a, a, person, a single person living by himself doesn't struggle in this way, you know. But with you're with family, you kind of rub each other and things kind of happen and there's this, this authority structure within the family. It's not, it's not always easy. Uh, it's okay, though. It's part of family life. It's okay to struggle as long as it's done respectfully, uh, not in a way that kind of despises others or hates or fosters disrespect, uh, but struggling in a good, holy way, working toward that, that perfect model of subjecting ourselves to one another that we see within the Holy Family. May God work this out within us, that he may be glorified. Amen.